You are listening to the SE Rat Pack Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Adams, uh, flying without Patrick Rollins today, uh, recording at the uh, the uh, back room in uh, Georgia Bushcraft, demo days here. Uh, this is episode 19, and uh, this is the Texas Contingent Plus One. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and go around the table here and introduce our guest today, Craig. Uh, so I'm Craig Cottle. I'm the plus one out of the Texas crew. Thank you guys for allowing me to be with you guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. I'm the owner-director of Nature Reliance School. Going deep right now, Shane, just casual. Yeah, throw your links out there. Yeah, uh, naturereliance.org is my website. Nature Reliance is all my social media. Uh, love to see you there if you want to follow us there. And we love teaching backcountry skills, um, teach a lot of survival man tracking animal tracking i'm a certified master naturalist and so we do a lot of stuff in the outdoors he gets out jb yeah my name is uh jonathan burton and all of my social media is the bearded burton and i'm a outdoorsman i love to canoe kayak uh share campfire with as many people as possible and i also am the uh, lead ambassador at uh lt right knives and i'm part of their team uh, under their social media group so i help run a lot of their social media and stuff on instagram and create content and uh videos and photos and all that for them so that's and where in tejas are you located i am uh technically flower mound but it's just north of the dallas fort worth area i'm about 30 minutes from dallas 30 minutes from fort worth all right philip yeah so i'm philip liebel i'm the owner and lead instructor of primitive wilderness survival uh you can find me at primitivewildernesssurvival.com and Primitive Wilderness Survival are my links for all the social media. I teach everything from 72-hour emergency survival to full-on primitive living skills. Right. Cool. Craig? Yeah, so my name is Craig Lee Parker, and I go by CLP Bushcraft on all my social medias, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, just I've lived in Texas all my life, love getting outdoors, and uh, really enjoy meeting new people, like-minded people in this community. Man, well, I'm tickled to have you guys here. Um, so I first met, uh, well, Philip, this is the first time we've met yeah. at, at this demo days, uh, but I met you two, uh, Jonathan and Craig, uh, last year mm-hmm. and was just super impressed with your uh, teaching ability um, and, and just kind of your uh, your enthusiasm. So I'm, I'm stoked that you guys are here. Um but I, I want to dig a little deeper into Craig. I want to hold you off just for a little bit because you and I might take a deeper dive here. We'll sure. see, we'll see. We'll play it by ear. Um, but I want to start with Jonathan. Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit about um, like how'd you get here? Yeah, um, really. I got I got involved with the I guess the community or the industry back then. It was a little different. Uh, almost a decade ago, um, right whenever the peak of the startup of the survival reality shows and stuff had started. I'd already been a big fan of some of the public stuff like Ray Mears on BBC and, uh, and I'd done camping and, and had done just your basic stuff that you do with your grandpa fishing and hunting. But I started realizing that there was certain skills and techniques and whatever that you could learn. And because I saw uh, particularly Flint and steel was something that really fascinated me on one of the shows that was going on. And uh, I went down a deep rabbit hole of looking up stuff as much as I could and ordered some books. And I happened to find uh, a couple of videos on YouTube back then. There wasn't really 
and it, like there was an Instagram. Um, so it was mainly Facebook groups and, uh, and YouTube. And so that led to me finding a couple of groups that, uh, had some really great people in it that happened to be hosting events and gatherings. And I just started traveling and trying to meet uh, as many people as I could and learn from, from all over. So, uh, spent time in Ohio, uh, learning there. And then a, a group that I was, uh, got real close to was in the Kansas area, uh, Wolf Customs. And it just really, uh, became something more than a hobby for me. And I knew that I wanted to keep the skills alive and share them with people that, uh, that might not, you know, understand how, how cool it is to be able to recreate fire or sleep in a shelter or uh, purify water and boil it. And so, and over the time, it's just been a, a constant evolution of uh, you start off with certain gear that you use and then you realize I can recreate this in the field. So you ditch the gear and then you get into breaking rocks and, uh, trying to trying to do more with less, right? Yeah, and it's just something that I mean. Every morning I wake up, that's all I'm thinking about, and I, I just can't get enough of it. And I've uh, been a part of a couple of um, schools and startups. One of them, my buddy and I started from the ground up there in Texas, and it just uh, things just would happen and not work out, and I just kept being fueled by the passion of just wanting to learn more and be around more people that, that know more than I do. And, um, as a late, you know, once I met Philip, uh, actually here in 2018 at Georgia Bushcraft fall gathering, him and I've just hit it off. And so, uh, I've been helping him at primitive wilderness survival. And I think we kind of got together at the end of last year and basically we were like, we're going to kick butt this year. Let's just do as much as we can go all over, learn from everybody and just book classes, you know, teach classes and book classes, uh, fill the whole calendar up. So, um, I'm really grateful to have someone like him that knows a whole lot more than I do with stuff. And he also is a fun guy and that's not uh, true. <laughs> it's, uh, just been a really great partnership. Same with Craig, man. I, uh, really fortunate to have, like I'm smack dab in the middle between these two guys with driving mm-hmm. distance. I can go, East about an hour and some change and hang out with Craig and then go you no know, northwest and about an hour and hang out with Philip. So, man, it's cool when you find your people. Oh, man, that, you know, your tribe, man. And it's, so, that's uh, I trained with a lot of different people, um, not a lot, but some mostly firearms training and other stuff whenever I was, you know, younger. And then when I found uh, started training with, with Randall's Adventure and Training. Uh, I didn't like when I went to their classes, I didn't even know they did Essie knives. Like I, I like knives. I was very much in the knife culture, but I just, they, Randall's kept it entirely separate. Like you're not going to go there and get pitched on knives, you know? Um, and uh, I was like, Oh, you guys do knives. And then turned out to be, you know, Essie knives. We make one or two knives. Um, but uh, yeah, when I was like, okay, I've, these are my people, man, I can, I can train. And I, you know, years later I wound up working for them, which is, you know, kind of fortuitous, but you, I, that's not never how it worked, you know, really similar with me. Yeah. Well, what I was thinking that was going to work out was like, Hey, I'm just going to get over there as much as I can and get after yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, Philip. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me, it kind of started off, I don't know, pretty early. I was really interested in my Cherokee heritage, uh, my grandmother's Cherokee. And 
as I got older, I really started to become interested in what that meant. Um, you know, I didn't really know anything about it other than, you know, the stories that they told me. So as a teenage kid, you know, the first thing you want to do is primitive weaponry, right? So I, I started diving in, realized that they used Osage Orange to make their bows. So the next day I'm out in my, my front yard chopping down our Osage tree <laughs> and my parents were pretty thrilled about it. But, uh, you know, you make it, you make an Osage bow, like a primitive bow, and you don't want to go use carbon express arrows from Walmart, right? So I learned to make arrows and you don't want to make these, all these primitive arrows and bows and, you know, buy modern broadheads. So I learned to flint nap. And the more I went down that rabbit hole and the more it kind of diverged into multiple rabbit holes, you know, I just went deeper and deeper and. It's uh, funny how it diverges. It just yeah. like, yeah, you you know, you go down one one path and it splits off into two more, and then it just keeps doing that, and it's it's a never ending um, journey, I guess. And I have no interest in slowing down. Nick from Wazoo's waving in, saying bye. Bye, Nick. Bye, Nick. Bye, Love you. So, uh, the one of the th- one of the th- so I'm gonna back up here. I've never met you. Philip, but sitting through your uh, primitive uh, fire class yesterday, it's like, I want to know more about this guy. Um, and the same with, with Jonathan and Craig, too. I, like, I liked, I'm not super outgoing initially, I, I, but I like to sit back and watch. I know Craig's kind of the same way. We have some of that same, we like to take it in. Um, it's like, I want to invest in those people. I want to get to know more about those people. I never knew Jonathan played music. I mean, just an amazing <laughs> artist uh, on the guitar and singer. Um, covers, does his own stuff, like super powerful. So it's nice to see a different side of people on those things. I loved your approach in, in the in the fire, very respectful. Uh, but also, you know, you can tell when people have been in the dirt, you know, and that's important to me. I like seeing people with dirt on them. You know, that's something we always talk about here at SE is dirt time. Yeah. It's clarifying. I'm pretty dirty. Yeah, we're all dirty. At this point, <laughs> day, day four, we're all got, you know, uh, I'm glad my nose is a little stopped up because I can't smell myself. Um, <laughs> Craig, what's your, give us a little, little, little bit of a uh, surface on, on where you came from. Yeah. So, like I said, I grew up in Texas, born and raised. Um, so uh, I live out in East Texas, and always in the woods growing up. You know, I'm a, I'm a child of the '80s, so you know, back in the day, you know, we, you know, Saturdays and Sunday, well, Saturdays pretty much. Saturdays is you get out of the house and go out in the woods and play. And Sunday you going to church. Sunday you going to church, right. yes, sir. And uh, so I was always out and about, and uh, my my good friend. Uh, lived beside me at the time because we live out in the country. We was always out in the woods, you know, building forts and, you know, camping. And when we got older and, and was hunting and camping and stuff like that, well, I've always loved nature and outdoors, but it was just kind of the camping part of it. I didn't know anything about this bushcraft realm, you know, basically, or primitive skills and stuff like that until it was 2000 and it was 17 or 18. I had a neck injury and I was laid up for three months in a neck brace. And, you know, you can only watch so much stuff on Netflix. So I went to YouTube, I'm watching YouTube, and I see Joe Robinette, uh, his channel. And I was watching what he was doing. And I'm like, this is really cool. He's out there building this big old shelter. He's got his dog with him, you know. And, and he interacted with the camera really good to me. I, I was able to, to stay with him and, you know, love him or hate him, you know, people do. But, you know, I, I really got enjoyment out of watching what he was doing. And that I said, you know, I thought, when I get out of this neck brace, I want to go out to my property. We got 70 acres family land there uh, by the house. And 
I said, I'm going to get out there and build me a shelter. So the day I got out of the neck brace, I went and cut eight trees down <laughs> and, and started working on building me a lean-to shelter. And, uh, yeah, I got a little chastised by my wife over that one. But, uh, yeah, so, I, you know, and then since then, I just started researching, doing stuff. And then it, I wasn't on I was on Instagram. I didn't really know nothing about Instagram at the time. I was on Facebook. But, you know, I get tired of seeing what Aunt Susie's having for supper that night or so-and-so's griping at so-and-so. So I'm like, I'm, I'm done with all this. So I said, I want to be, I want to get on a social media platform that I just enjoy. Something that makes me happy seeing. So I, I wish started, we could get back to that when oh, Instagram was man. for the photographers yes, and yes. for the people oh, that love pictures. I, I know. It was great. People then. had attention spans yeah, to read so, descriptions. And all my intentions was is to like find like-minded people in this community, see what they were doing, learn from them, and then show what I was doing you know, to people because I was proud of what I was doing. And uh, so that's what I did, and then it started just – growing from there the followers and people asking questions and you know i ain't gonna call myself no expert by no means you know um but a lot of stuff i've done was self-taught until 2020 i guess it was when i yeah. met uh you and philip for the first time at logan's mm -hmm. so i got a background in law enforcement so in law enforcement realm he's a cop yeah <laughs> background <laughs> in law enforcement I, he's yeah, a sheriff I, I am, i'm a Ooh, sheriff the sheriff no 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 i'm just deputy sheriff <laughs> oh, okay but uh no in in that that part of it it's kind of like you hang with the, the, your people that your law enforcement and your everybody else is you look at them differently you know and i didn't like that i'm like I want to meet other people that's not in law enforcement. And you, you get stuck in this rut of that's all you, you look around finally and like all your friends are police. That's it. And, uh, so I'm like, you know, I, I branched out. I, I really stepped out of my comfort zone when I went to, uh, the gathering there at Texas with Jonathan. I'd messaged him back and forth on Instagram and met Jonathan for the first time. I met Philip for the first time. And the welcoming of that community was overwhelming. It's like, these are my people, you know? Mm -hmm. And since then I've become, you know, great friends with Jonathan and like, we go to all kinds of different events. This is my what, fourth time to be out here in Georgia, yeah. you know? And I never did that like this before. You never even left the state. No, no, I hadn't left the state hardly, you know? And so this is, you know, getting to, getting to be with people that's, you know, like-minded like this and the fellowship with everybody. It's, I love it. Can't Man, the, the diversity of skill sets here is pretty amazing. Yes. Pretty amazing. Craig, let's let's just do the full poll. I'm just going to throw you in here. Uh, give us a little bit of where you got started. So um, I got started being taught by, much like Philip said, I had family that was teaching me skills. We did a lot of period correct reenacting, pre-revolutionary war reenacting, dressing up like Daniel Boone. I actually worked as a kid making flint steel fires at Fort Boonesboro State Park when I was a little thing. And so I came into it very naturally. We, when we would go camping, we would set up teepees and lean-tos. We didn't set up tents and campers and stuff like that. So I had a – Y'all camp different. <laughs> yeah, really different. I mean, if we didn't kill something, we didn't eat. So it was that kind of camp out quite a bit. So I grew up very naturally doing what a lot of people call – survival or bushcraft now was kind of like what I did naturally. Uh, it's it called life. Just called, it was, it was it was called the weekend. It really was. Yeah. And, and sometimes it was weeks at a time. So that was how I came to it. The, uh, uh, I was teaching martial arts full time at the time that one of my students said, Hey, you, you should check this guy out. 
and go to one of his schools. And I won't mention his name, but I ended up not going to his school and went to another school to take a survival class, took the survival class. Richard Cleveland is his name at our school. Fantastic instructor, Richard is. And I was like, I have been doing this my whole life, (laughs) what we did in class. And I didn't know it was a thing at all. I just did not know it was a thing. So I talked to my wife and said, do you think people would really want to study that kind of stuff? And she's like, well, I don't know, try. So we did. And, and so we started trying. And one of the things that I discovered as a instructor was, uh, well, the focus of an instructor is teaching people not to be seen as an instructor. And so I went and studied with a lot of different teachers to try to see how they teach and see what I thought would work for me and my style and who I am emotionally and personally. And so I gained a lot of knowledge. I, I say often I stand on the shoulders of many, many giants before me. Uh, those that I knew that taught the teachers that taught me and, and the teachers that literally taught me. So though those are numerous. Uh, I went to a lot of man tracking schools, a lot of animal tracking schools. Uh, I've been tracking since I was a kid, but how to teach those skills is a different thing. And so went to s- several different survival schools, went to several different land navigation type schools, all the things that we do now. Uh, I went to learn how to teach. And so that's kind of where I've arrived now. Uh, we started Nature Reliance School in 2006 and so we've been going for quite a while now, or at least I feel like we have been. And uh, it feels like it sometimes, too, that it has oh, been yeah. a while. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dirt time is it. Shane says it all the time. But I want to be around people like you guys that are in the dirt. Um, and I love learning from everybody, quite frankly. Well, that's one of the things that uh, – so I have a background in education. I was a high school teacher and coach for nine years and master's degree in education and taught in the classroom. And I like to, I used to say I like to, I like to say I taught the school-to-jail transition group. I often taught the kids that nobody else wanted to teach. Some court mandated to show up and uh, didn't want to be there, you know. So you, um, I taught what some might consider to be the dregs, and then I taught what some might consider to be the best and the brightest. Give me the dregs any day, you know, because one of the things that those guys and those girls understood was respect. And, and if you give it, you normally get it. And and so we had a, a pretty interesting working relationship. Um, there's a ton of people that have a, a ton of great knowledge and wisdom in their head, but there's a very small number of people that can articulate that to people that can understand it. And even fewer can do it in a way like we all have different learning styles. And we normally teach in whatever our primary learning style is. Well, the problem is, is, is you and I, I may, as instructor student, we may not be compatible because how I teach is not how you learn. So uh, it's pretty rare that you find someone that can kind of do that end around and try a different tack on somebody Um, or even having the ability to recognize that, okay, how I'm delivering this information is not how they're they're not getting it, you know, and that's something I've noticed with you guys and watching how you teach is you have a very easy nature to teach, but then you also can can um, pivot and 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 change that tack if you need to. So that's that's something that's it's kind of rare to see, and I see it in all you guys. Um, you're all easy to follow, uh, Craig and I. Man, how many how many 
podcast we've done again. I don't even know at this <laughs> it's point. It's been a bunch at this point. I've been on yours. This is the first time you're on ours. So I was like, man, I can't. I, I want to get Craig on here, and I, I, I don't know how many we've done for primary and secondary oh, at this point. A bunch. What would you and I might do in three podcasts, primary and secondary, does in one? I mean, yeah. those are some marathon podcasts. Yeah, there's, but. there's times that I really want to take a nap in the middle of those podcasts. <laughs> yeah, normally, man, normally Matt uh, or, or uh, Craig and I are bat channel texting each other like, oh, my God, it's bedtime, man. I got to go. Uh, but such a lot of good Give information. Give me an exit here, Shane. Give yeah, me an exit yeah. here. I'm just going to yawn. It's like, time to go, boys. And just kind of Homer Simpson into the shrubs. Uh, where'd Shane go? He hadn't said anything for a while. Uh, so one of the things that I say this all the time is, uh, and I see this in you guys, is I, what I really like, and I said it earlier, is I like your enthusiasm. And, and I think the best teachers are learners first. And I think all you guys sitting at the table embody that. Um if you got now, I know the Texas contingent, y'all got dirt on each other in stories and like that's all like this is I'm, I might be driving the bus, but we're all on the same bus together. So y'all jump in if you have questions for each other or Craig or me or whatever. So, I mean, if you've got the question, somebody else does, too. Um, so I've talked about music. I wanted to throw JB in there and his hidden talent. Not so hidden anymore. Um, but I'm curious to know. uh Craig and I, I mean, we talk a lot. I mean, well, we don't talk a lot, but when we do see each other, we talk a lot. Um, but uh, I'd like for you to kind of give a little consider, like, what are your goals? I know, JB, we talked a little bit um, about what you've already said a little bit, but expound on what are your what are some of your personal goals and goals for, for your instruction? Um, yeah, so as of, uh, as of late, I've really felt more of a uh, – of a I guess you could call it a burden uh, to be around more people like you and Craig, but also understand that you got to uh, raise your game. <laughs> yeah, that, that, <laughs> I no, mean, not around us. Pick better people. Yeah, I Craig's mean, great, but I'm just you know. Yeah, even even other uh, other folks like uh, like Dave Holiday and uh, and and just people that that know this and they know their their worth and their value in this industry and and they they share and give that to others um as much as they can but but i also have, uh have started to realize that you know there's got to be other people behind behind you guys that keep it going because uh you know it seems like every year there's another another giant that that leaves us and mm-hmm. Um, Somebody's got to pick up that torch and run with. Yeah, it. and that, that's a big that's a big deal for me. Like I know Philip and I, we've we've talked about this a lot, but that's a big deal for me to understand. Like, you know, I'm still a small fish in this big pond, but I want to like what you said, man. Like I want to swim with the sharks um, because I, I know that uh, the imprint and the things that the people I've uh, been around and trained with that some of them don't even do it anymore um, just from age or whatever. They, they changed my life. And so if I'm able to do that for, you know, however much longer I have left, like I don't have time to waste anymore. And so I've really shifted my focus from uh, this, just being about me and wanting to learn how to do this a certain skill or get better at this certain technique to, I want more people to feel like what this does for me and, and understand like how that, you know, in essence, it's literally changed my life to 
make me a better person and a better human um, because I'm able to be around people that, that are um, great, great people. And so my, my goal is to, uh, is to cheap, is to keep growing and to, and honestly, this year was to just expose myself to way more than just uh, the comfortable people that I knew I could go to or learn from or watch even through social media. But now this year, I really made an effort to uh, fill up my calendar and just take a really big risk and just get around to other people that uh, that I've, I've never had a chance to learn from and just blow the doors open on my uh my boundaries and whether that's you know like philip and i just got back from being in the sonoran desert for 10 days at winter count that was something i bought a ticket for back in like 2017 and something happened i got sick and i I had to sell my ticket on facebook and i wasn't able to go but i've always wanted to go to that yeah and and that year i just i made this excuse for myself like oh it'll be all right you got sick like whatever but just in the last couple of years, like really when COVID hit and it just changed everything, I was, I've just become more determined, like, no, no more excuses. Like if you, if you think you can go all the way out to the Arizona desert and be around people that are so skilled and so incredibly talented, you've got to do it. Like now's the time. There is no more waiting. And we don't know when those opportunities come back around. Yeah. And so I just, I kind of kicked myself in the butt um, within the last couple of years to just, I mean, like I have plans to to come up and train with Craig. I have plans Shoot, yeah. to come and do stuff with you guys at SE. And uh, I just, I got to do it. Um, I think it's really easy for us to kind of become, you know, on a single track that we, we create, like I, I, I consider myself a content creator. It's just as much as an instructor. And, I think it's easy as a content creator to just kind of get focused on that. And then you're suffering, you know, with being pushed and your skill set being expanded. And so now I'm just in this mindset of, I want to grow, I want to learn. And through that, I'll share the content, what I'm doing, but my priorities change now from. I think people, you know, content creator, influencer, what people really respond to more is seeing someone that's really on an authentic journey. Like yeah. uh, this, like mm-hmm. I, 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 I can sense a shift in you from last year to this year. And we didn't talk that much. We didn't interact that much, no. but I watched you and, and I watched, I watched you as well. And, and uh, I was like, there's, there's a pivot. There's a shift that's taking place. I can see it in you. I can, and I can see it influencing those around you. Um, you said something earlier and I think it's so, so cool is that the podcast right before you guys, you know, I got these young bucks on, you know, the next generation and, and we always, we share gratitude and we talk about the people where they, like they, they reach down and help pull us up. Mm. Well, I think it's important for us with that other hand to reach down and help those below us Mm -hmm. and pull them up too. So to hear you say that and, and to realize that, what we have here is finite and, and those pillars of our community and knowledge are, they're going to leave us at some point. Mm. And then to take that mantle on and, and really try to um, preserve that is, is really cool. Um, Bill, what about you? 
goals. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Burton said, I've been walking this line of trying to figure out how I can create the content without hurting my dirt time, if that makes sense. Totally. And it's something I struggle with, and I've, I've been really wanting to get better about setting the time aside to create the content because I've seen so much in the past that the people that have been really successful at this, um, you know, like early on, I, I trained quite a bit with a guy named Joshua Inyart, and we kind of started off about the same time. We had the same amount of followers on YouTube, and then, you know, he kept pushing and kept growing and kept working. And eventually one of his videos, it was an ultralight bug out bag, just blew yes. up. I get blew up. And I don't know, he's probably at like 300,000 followers now. But um, anyway, a couple of years ago, I think it was uh, maybe a year and a half ago, we did a, a hunter gatherer class together. And he put the class together and I was the assistant instructor. And it was $750 a person, a three, two and a half day class. And he sold out 25 students like immediately. And I was like, holy cow, like YouTube did that for him. Like that, that footprint, that being able to get out there and reach that many people was what made it possible for him to, you know, do that. And I'm, I'm over here like getting paid as an assistant instructor, teaching all this stuff. And I was like, I, I could be that guy, you know, I could be the one that's, um, that's doing that, but I, I can't do it if I don't put myself out there. So I guess I've kind of been on the opposite, uh, transition of, of Burton as in, you know, I've, I spend a lot of time by myself doing dirt time and like actually going out and, and doing this stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how to get better about putting that out there so that people can see it and creating the content. I, what I don't think people recognize is that one takes it's hard to do both at the same time it is. and especially if you're I, I know like most of us we're Craig and I've had this we're, we're introverts by nature yeah I think most of us are and and so we're extroverted introvert because mm -hmm. we have to be yeah and and they the content creation and the dirt time for us live in two different places. And even and we have to. It's almost like taking a magnet and trying to force the magnet together on the same. Yeah, where, that's a good analogy. We have to push them together because they don't go there naturally. Right. When I am doing something for me, the last like I ride motorcycles with my son and my sons, and that's that's my time, my place. I almost I I, I have more money in camera equipment than than most of the people that you come across. I almost never take a picture. I hardly ever take my cell phone out, but I am just drinking that experience. In. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, that's not for content creation, but because I have to do content creation because that's the side of my job that really pushes and stretches me. I like, we don't even document it. <laughs> you know, luckily my youngest son loves, he, like he's beginning to get into that content creation side. So I don't, we don't have to, he's running GoPros and, and 360 cams and all that stuff. And so we'll at least have, Maybe some documentation of it, but I don't think that's something people on the outside looking in. They think you just go out in the woods and you're like yeah. you're getting something out of it, and then you're I'm just happen to take out my phone. And it, right. if you're trying to do it right, that's not how it works. Well, for us, it's easy to overlook it, but then like Craig's a great example. Like something happened to him, and he was forced to be at home, and he found out about all this because someone created content, mm -hmm. and then that excited him, and so. That's that's hard for me because you can get stuck just doing one or the other, but each one equally has 
value. Um, and some people are better at doing content and even going and doing some crazy, you know, wilderness excursion trip and then documenting it and making it content. But that balance is, it's just for me, at least another skill set that you've got to be motivated. Like, man, I can always get better at this. I can always work a little harder. I can always try a new technique that, you know, maybe this one isn't working so I can try because there are people that are at home that come across something. And then mm-hmm. that's another person brought around the fire yeah, that yeah. could end up being like right here next to us talking on the podcast. Cause they love it so much, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. I want to give kudos to Craig too, because uh, you guys are talking, apparently it sounds like you have the same struggle, but dude, you make it look so natural. Like you're, you're one of the guys I look up to as far as um, having the dirt time and creating content yeah, and like yeah, making yeah. it look all yep. like yeah. smooth. You have this awesome image, like you're killing it, dude. So kudos to you. Very much so. That's a big thank you to my wife. Yeah. Cause if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing content. Well, kudos to her as well. You know yeah. I mean? I have that <laughs> same, a good job. I love that magnetic analogy you gave Shane because I'm sick of it. Yeah. That, that's the complete natural. That just struck me like a bolted lining. So use it as you want to give me credit three times and then just, and then from there on, you can call it. But it's, it is absolutely, as we all know, necessary mm-hmm. to get the word yeah. out and to let people know who you are and what you do and that so, that sort of thing. So, I mean, for me, to be as frank as I can, there's sometimes where Jennifer says, can you just make something out of wood and a knife? I need that. Yeah. Can you tie some knots today? Okay. You're like, and God, so, okay. So I do that because she is sitting back looking and talking to people on social media and watching what's happening. And, and I just... I want my dirt time. I'm getting old enough to where I've got to have my dirt time. Yeah. Uh, I, and, you know, I'm, I had an experience very similar to what Craig Parker's saying is that I, I nearly died about a year ago and came really close to dying and was laying in hospital bed for a week oh, wow. and, and realizing there's nobody that I've built to carry on what I've done. So that that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm trying to develop other people so mm-hmm. that when I die, because we're all going to die, yeah. when I die, there's other people. My, my children are, are very talented in their own right doing different things, so my children can't do it. So I'm developing others to, to do things outside as much as we can because we, we all need it. We all, all of us, everybody listening, people that are not listening need to be outside. Absolutely. So the more that we get outside, the better we are. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Man, those hard resets sometimes. And that's what you had. You had a hard reset uh, where you, you got checked big time. And and I think a lot of us in the last, you know, three years, COVID, and, and we've realized, man, this is finite. You know, this is, this could all pass us by pretty quick. Um, I think. We don't appreciate those times when we're in them, but we appreciate what they reveal about us and about our priorities in life at times. And so those hard checks sometimes can be, uh, if you look for it, you can find the good in it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Craig, give us some of your goals. What are you looking at? Yeah, so with me, the, the content creation, I love it. I mean, I love taking pictures of the gear. I love taking pictures of the stuff I do and, and that kind of thing. And I kind of got an artistic eye, I guess you'd say, which I like I like doing it. But the goal-wise, I want to continue doing 
the content creation for my Instagram and, and stuff, but I want to get more into the teaching aspect of it, whereas I'm really green in that part. Seems like you got some guys around you I'm that can help very facilitate good, that. Very good guys around me can do that. Um, and I and I know like I've I've kind of coming out of my comfort zone to do that and. Uh, like the pastor at my church I go to back in Texas, uh, you know, he come to me and he's like, Hey, would you mind, you know, putting on like a little small class for some of us? Cause they're, you know, he watches alone and, and different stuff and he's, you know, all really interested in it. And I'm like, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd love to do it. So we've got a camp out coming up, uh, next month in uh, April. Like and, a men's ministry yeah, or something? Yeah, kind of like a little men's ministry deal. And, There's so many openings for stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I think people are hungry for it. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we're going to camp out at one of the one of the gentlemen's property there, and, and uh, I'm going to you know, teach them different basic stuff that I know. And then I talked to Casey today about, you know, next year, uh, or not to, next year, this year at Georgia Bushcraft Fall Gathering, you know, coming in and instructing this year out here doing some stuff so it's that's time. my goal yeah it's time that's my goal is to branch keep the keep the 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 instagram and stuff going of course but to branch into teaching now that's kind of where i'm wanting to get to craig other craig goals uh, I, I mentioned it earlier but that's developing others uh when and whenever i can whether it's an encouragement at an event like this for people that are interested in teaching so craig i highly encourage you to do it <laughs> yes um I highly encourage you to do it. You'll learn a lot about yourself, your skills. You'll get, I know the type of person you are enough to know that you'll get exponentially strong in what it is you want to teach, which makes you better because you're trying to make other people better. But that's kind of where I am too in my own organization. We, we started what I call the instructor cadre with Nature Reliance School. And there's 13 of us that we have, uh, we have meetings monthly via uh, video because we're all over the country. But we have a book that we're reading every month together. We go through that. We have online resources where we can go together and talk about what what it is that we're reading. Uh, we have resources where we come together and go, okay, like we've got guys that are paramedics that are talking about medical. We've got people that have uh, PhDs in plant biology that are leading our plant discussions and stuff of that nature. And so, you know, we it's Shane has said it a million times, but rising, well, how do you say it? Rising tide raises all shoes. Rising tide raises all shoes. That's not mine. So I don't know. Yeah, you said I know, that, but, but I hear you mine. say it all the time. But one of the things that we're finding as a group is that I have a certain skill set, and this guy has a certain skill set, and that gal has a certain skill set. And whenever we have a question, we go to them if it's something we don't know. And so we've got literally a subject matter expert on so many different fields that all of us are building up ourselves we're also not just nature reliance school some of us are boy scout leaders mm-hmm. and so nature reliance school cadre is is affecting the boy scouts of america and trail life because those people are in there too they're never going to teach for nature reliance school but we're helping them grow so they help boy scouts of america or trail life or wherever they are and so that's kind of where my personal passion passion is, and and I'm finding that I'm growing <laughs> right along with everybody else. Uh, even though I'm the the leader of the group, that uh, it's been it's been fantastic. It's it's uh, what we're doing here, Campfire Co op, is much like that. It's a cooperative agreement where we collaborate, we work with one another, we build each other up, and we need more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to figure out ways more 
and just continue to do what we're doing with Campfire Co-op to collaborate and work with And them. we're not really sure what we're doing with Campfire I know. Co-op. I mean, I mean it's this just, is – But it's working. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's working. Yeah. Now, it's not perfect. Nothing's ever perfect. So for, for people that ask about the Campfire Co-op, this was born between um, us, Essie, normally me and Patrick, um, LT Wright and his crew, uh, Casey, uh, Georgia Bushcraft, Griffin Pocket Tools, uh, Bushcraft Coffee, whatever else he's got this week. Um, <laughs> the guys at Wazoo. Um, and what it was sitting around a campfire. And I know you guys probably experienced this too. Craig and I have talked about this before is how, how we feel. We're, ex- we're introverts and we're okay with it. But when it comes to business and, and kind of some of this instructor stuff or, or just life stuff, Oftentimes we just like we're on an island. Now we now we put ourselves there. Oftentimes we put ourselves on that island. We didn't we didn't maybe set out to be on there, but but that's how we end up because we're doing it all. You know, when you're hustling and you're getting after it, you know, you're just you just wind up being there. And so it was very I, this word's overused, but it's absolutely appropriate. Is very organic. And and in 2020, when when Blade Show was canceled and Wazoo was talking about, I was like, let's just do something on our own. Like, let's get together and like create this brain trust, uh, for lack of a better term, to where a council to where we can. The key component is respect and trust. I mean, we got. I'm not. I'm not talking to you, and we're not. We're not talking about stuff if I don't trust you. And so that's, you know, I really envision this to be like Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Where you don't talk about Fight Club, you know, but but if you're in it, you're in it, you know, right. and you have a certain set of expectations, and and uh, um, I've yielded to that, but I'm so glad I did, you know. I I like keeping my circle small, and 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 I am so grateful <laughs> that we have added. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be having. It. We'd probably have Craig here, but we I don't know. I wouldn't know you guys, you know. But Craig and I had that. We had a relationship already. That was founded on mutual respect, and I think real recognizes real in a lot of senses. And and you know you don't you don't have to look too far into Craig to know that this guy gets out and gets after it, and that's what that's important to us. Um, if you guys have questions, jump in. Uh, but I do have a question here. Um, Two part question, and just jump in. Has your content or instruction ever helped anyone or changed a life? And if so, how did that impact you? So what was the change for that person? And then when they relayed that back to you, how did that impact you? Um, it's pretty it's pretty mind-numbing, actually. I got an email last week, one of the most recent ones, where I, I used to do quite a bit of what I call woods walks, where I would literally just film myself walking through the woods and talking to people. But sometimes it was just what was on my mind. Uh, a lot of times it was, I'm a tree nerd, so it was something to do with trees because I'm, I love trees, but, but, uh, some guy wrote me and told me I saved his life, you know, and that, that's, that's deep. Um, because I was done with those things because I was sick of doing those too. And that makes me want to go out and do woods walks again. <laughs> right. So if that, that changed me hard. Um, cause you never know when the content that seems like it's nothing is something to somebody, to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me push pause right here. I just looked and I've got a uh I got a battery that's about to kill over. Let me swap batteries real quick. And we got all these people t- yelling in the background. All right, battery change. Uh so the question was, has your content ever helped or changed a life? 
what was that change for 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 that person, and then how did that impact you? Um, so it wasn't necessarily. Well, I did create content when I was there, but uh, I have a a friend that I don't I won't name from just what they what we've talked about. But in 2018, I uh, just kind of went on a wild card and uh, accepted a job in Alaska working as a canoe guide and a naturalist. And I did it because uh, 80% of the time that we were there, we were going to be living off grid in a cabin, like no water, no electricity. And we'd go on 14, 12, 14 day stints that we'd be out at our cabin and we'd have tourists come in from the company boats. And basically we took them through hiking the woods and, canoed up a glacial river up to a glacier and just tried to keep these people alive right <laughs> yeah and uh we had some pretty wild incidents i mean we actually like a physically saved uh uh i was on my i was on the off shift and was getting ready to head back into town they'd give us two or three days that we'd rotate in the town do laundry groceries and rest and then we'd go back out to our cabins and i was on an empty boat waiting for captain to see if he needed to pick up spare passengers and whatever. And coast guard came on the radio and long story short, there was a, another venture that had gone out doing an ocean uh, kayak tour and six foot swells Ooh. and uh man overboard. And we got him back from the brink of death, fully hypothermic, wrapped him, hypo wrapped him. And, and anyway, so that was like an actual thing that we saved a person there. But uh, to answer your question, um, I, I got close to a few people there and you kind of are all filling each other out. Everyone's from all different walks of life. And a lot of them were younger than I was. I was the only one that was there that was married and uh, just didn't really make any sense that here's this older guy. That's not a college dropout trying to find his way in life and go do this uh, seasonal work. But it wasn't until after I got back that uh, one of my, one of the friends that I met there was like, man, you have no idea. Uh, the impact that you had because having someone older there that, you know, I had no idea that you did all this stuff until I got back and started looking into your background. Like you're really kind of humble about the stuff that, that you enjoyed and whatever. But I totally see now that there was a lot of things that you did that made life easier and whatever, but it really kind of uh, left an imprint on me because I went there solely for myself, like selfishly, you know, I wanted to, a really trying experience and kind of a soul searching uh, journey. And in the end, like I was able to impact somebody that was there just trying to figure out like, how am I going to make money and, you know, find a job that, that I enjoy, but also uh, get away from a rough establishment that they were in and a family life that was really hard for them and whatever. So uh, it, it really, changed that even though I went through all that stuff, it wasn't until months later that that trip kind of was rejuvenated. That whole experience was rejuvenated because I now had a different lens that I was able to look back on and, you know, had no idea. It's time release. Yeah. Like you got to get away from it to like, like let it. And I had no, I had no idea that that person was like doing that and looking at, at me that whole time. <laughs> um, so I guess that that's one, that's one thing. Uh, you know, you just never know like what you're doing for yourself, how it impacts mm -hmm. the other people, whether they're doing it with you or not. You know, you just never know what's going to come from it. Um, and I think that's a, a big thing. Like 
just keep doing that keep unintended doing. consequence or or the unintended outcome of something that we're just doing what we do, you know. Ooh, yeah. Um, something I personally try to be is a little more intentional about investing, and and I had a guy uh, something that really just impacted me uh, years ago is uh, I was we had you know this business kind of this open discussion and you were asking questions about business and we had like you guys were out there and we're talking about setting up LLC that's, mm-hmm. that's such a foreign place to me and uh, I did my first business plan for a bike shop when I was 13 years old. 14 years old and um i grew up in and out of bike shops and then i was a teacher but that was just something that was always on my radar and i was like i'm gonna i want to do this and even then i I wanted it to be my first business but not my last but i wanted to start in something that i felt like i kind of knew the culture about and um i was very fortunate to have a guy uh who is a uh i don't know how you describe him He's, he's a money manager uh, very, very good at what he does. Super smart in business structure, super smart in investing money. Uh, it's what he does for a living. He's very good at it. Um, and you, like, if you don't have like a stack of cash, you don't really get into with this guy. And for, I met this guy and for whatever reason, uh, I asked him some questions just on a happen with part, you know, past each other at the grocery store. He's like, Hey Mike, how's it going? Whatever. I said, let me ask you a question. He's like, come to my office. And this dude just blocked out this time for me. And uh, and we sat there and we had this conversation. And at the end of the conversation, this guy sat back and he just kind of stared at me and crossed his arms. He just looked at me for a second. He's like, I'm going to choose you. And he was like, you don't know what that means yet, but you will. He said, years ago. Oh, wait, first off, he said, you're, so you're going to do this. I was like, I'm doing this. He was like, okay. He said, I'm going to choose you. And he's like, what? And then he said, um, years ago, I was in a very similar situation as you. And I was sitting across from the table from a guy who said those words to me. He said, and this is what it means. He says, I'm going to help you. I believe in you. I'm going to help you. And I'm going to do everything I can. He said, but you got to do it. I was like, all right. So it's powerful. And he said, but here's the catch. At some point, you're going to be the guy sitting across the table. Mm-hmm. And you got to tell somebody that. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Deep. So, well, it get, it, so there's a whole backside of this allergies. Um, so years later, I had a kid come to me and uh, ask me questions about business, and he's going to take this risk. And um, so he's like, I'm choosing you. Mm. That kid's been a member, uh, we say, a, a member of our family, added so much to our family for a decade. This is unexpected. Um, but now he's done it to somebody else. Wow, that's awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, not expecting this. <laughs> been a long weekend. Um, but it's one of those things where... where we get this stuff that's um, unintended, you know, and not happenstance, fate, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but then whenever it's intentional, it means more. Mm-hmm. You got to be selective with it because we can't choose everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. But when you 
that guy honored somebody before him, and my guess is somebody before the guy that did him. You know, like, yeah. I don't know how long this has been going, but at this point, it's me, Mike, Christian, Raleem, and now that kid has cho- he came out of a horrible situation, horrible situation, and he's chosen his brothers to do that too. Wow! And you're like, God, there's six generations of people making a conscious choice to like. Yeah, and to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So, God, bring it together. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that's the part of it where that I, I wasn't expecting. I mean, maybe that question was for me, not for y'all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that happens. Funny how that works. Uh, what what fatigue happens, you know. Just, oh, God. Um, but that's one of the things that uh, I think we're trying to do here at Campfire Co-op is just to be very intentional about who we bring in, mm-hmm. who we bring in our circle, who we bring in our fight club, who's going to honor that stuff. And then also, like I say, we don't know what our end product is with all this. We don't know where it's heading, but we're just, I, I am enjoying the journey. I think that's Absolutely. what makes this so great because you don't know. No. And when you don't, when you don't know it, it allows just everything and anything to happen. Like, yeah. It's so easy to just structure the crap out of everything. Yeah. And when you take a step back from that. Well, structure is going to be hard when you're working with Dustin from Wazoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. It's like herding cats with that guy, yeah. but a ball of energy. And uh, he is one of the, he and Nick, you know, you talk about polar opposites. Yeah, yeah. We, they are for what, sure. what, what a great marriage, those two. Yeah. Uh, right. Reminds me of the yin and yang a lot with my, my wife. My wife, I mean, she's my, she's my touchstone and, and she grounds me a lot. Um, not like grounds me, but. But uh, but she. My wife she, actually grounds me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes we need that. You know, we need. She's. Uh, it's it's fortunate how uh, that's all worked out. Uh, but uh, questions from the peanut gallery. What you guys got? Yeah, I just want to add um, to that kind of that question, that conversation. Uh, for me, I've always seen it not so much as. I'm doing this. Like I'm not the one that's changing people's lives or, or making this impact. I think of it more as being a conduit. I Perfect think. word. It's um, a good way of saying it. I think word. it's more nature and getting out there and having that nature connection. Uh, not to sound too bush hippie ish, but no, I, I, I think it's really important because if it uh, looks for, like a bush hippie and smells like <laughs> well, a bush hippie, I smell like a bush hippie. <laughs> yeah, I promise. <laughs> uh, for me, you know, I've, I started a, a kids program two years ago and you know, it started as a way to have continuous income while I was making this transition into quitting my job and doing this full time. But it became so much more to that. And it, and now we're going to make me tear up. Um, it, it actually changed. It's going to change the name to like Crybaby, Crybaby episode. <laughs> it, but it changed. Uh, Texas Crybaby. For me, like it really changed my priorities and the way that I saw things is I kind of started diving deeper, trying to get this set up and diving deeper into Nature Alliance, uh, Nature Connection, sorry. <laughs> nature Alliance too, but Nature Connection. Sure. And the more I learned about it, the more I dove into it, the more I realized what the true priorities were, what the real importance was. And, you know, nature is our home. It's, it's where we've come from. Like now we're in this weird stage, like in the last hundred, 200 years with the advent of electricity and getting away from 
all these skills that our grandparents had. You know, we have all this stuff. You don't have to, you don't have to do any of that now. Just makes it uh, softer. You just turn on a light switch, just throw the stuff in the fridge. And you don't think about what you, what you do if you don't have any of that stuff. Right. But, um, before that, like nature was our home, like for 98% of our existence on this planet, like that has been our home. That's, that's tried, that's tested. It's, I um, mean, now we're like in this weird experimental, experimental phase, right? And I don't think it's going to end well, but I don't no. want to go do, too far down that road. But um, when you get displaced from home, when you get away from where you're supposed to be, there's going to be repercussions. There's going to be problems with that. And I think that's where all these issues stem from, like these, you know, all the depression, the anxiety, the, the ADHD, which ADHD is not a handicap in my I, I, to me, it's a, a super skill. And we talked about this after mm -hmm. my class because yep. I'm all over the place while mm -hmm. I'm teaching, right? Um, but when I'm out in the woods, that's like a super skill, right? Because I can, I'm all You're over processing the place. it all. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, all these issues arise when you're taken from your home and you have that void and you don't know how to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And I think by doing what we're doing, by getting people out in nature and by getting their feet wet and introducing them or reintroducing them to something that should have been a part of who they are, um, we can fill that void or we can help them realize how to fill that void. So I like to think of it more as nature's doing it. God's doing it. We're just kind of his tools. And it's, mm -hmm. I think we're all here because that's our path, you know, that you have a path in life and then you have a way you got to make money. Right. And if you can bring those two together, then it's, it's magic. Right. So, I found early on that this was my path. Um, I had too many opportunities following my up, too much, mm -hmm. just too many signs um, that this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And if I can support my family doing that and help other people find their path in life, then that's like, thank you for letting me do that, you know? Right, right. That's, I think um, I had a good friend of mine that always used to say, he's like, I just want to wake up one day and there'd be a post note in the fridge and it says, do this, God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but what I have found is that if we sit there and wait for that post-it note, it never happens. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we pick a direction, when we when we're we we're thoughtful about and intentional about what we're doing, and we pick a direction, we find direction when we're moving towards something positive. Now, the the reverse: if we're moving towards something negative, we find we find that too. But right. I think when we begin to take those steps towards making ourselves better that's when you're oftentimes like you know you get this path you get this opportunity you know you said you had an opportunity drop in your lap my guess is you vectored on it like it like you know it happened but it happened because you were moving towards yeah. something and yeah. so i think that's very cool um anything else anybody else Craig? Other than, I mean, I know we don't want to go down too far down the rabbit hole of religion or anything, but I've always thought that the hope and pray thing was problematic in that if I'm going to pray, I'm going to be looking for the legs that God's given me to do whatever it is he wants me to do. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a great course that, you know, man, we're going off tangent here, bro. No, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. it's all right. You know. There's a there was a great course I went through when I was a young man called Experiencing God where you look where God's at work and then you get in, you get to work getting to work with Him right and so what Philip is saying is resounding with me and I, you know it's why Nature Reliance is called Nature Reliance School for a reason there's 
uh, when I was when I was developing the school after the quite frankly the great inspiration that Richard Cleveland gave me to to start a school, there was this concept out there that's still there, very predominantly called self reliance, and I kept looking at all these self reliance people using nature to do self reliance, and I thought, which it's like. The chicken or the egg, which came first? The nature comes first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we and also know who wins in that. Like, nature is always going to win. Too. Absolutely. So why not? I mean, and this comes from, I mean, there's a whole lot to this. This could be his own podcast, but I'm an Aikido practitioner. And in Aikido and Judo, you blend with your attacker and you throw them. You know, you don't fight them. You work with them to throw them on top of their head. Nature's, you know, nature's very similar. It's, and it, it's, and a, it's, it's a beautiful of, art. Yeah. And it's a, it's a wild thing to be in the middle of what's what what I would lovingly call back in the day organized chaos, blend with a hurricane and work with it. And nature's the same way. This rain today that we've had here at the Campfire Co-op is the same way. We can blend with it. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, who was it? Bob Marley that sang. Uh, you might be able to help me out on this, Burton. You don't. Some some people feel the rain. Other people just get wet. Right. You know, I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, sometimes it's cold and you feel it and you like that. Mm-hmm. Now, don't let yourself get hypothermic, folks. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's a time where, you know, like a month ago, my pillow was a rock and my bed was a pile of dirt and leaves. There's something right about that. There's mm-hmm. something very right about that. And I can go, okay, this sucks. A rock is my pillow. Or go, cool, I've got a rock as a exactly. pillow. It helps me align my spine. This is, this, worse. this is a good thing. This is a real good thing. Yeah. And so you, it, it, there's a self-reliance. We tend to focus on ourselves and on and from a nature reliance, not the name of my school, nature reliance, the way Philip's discussing it, which is very, uh, very well put, Philip, is you just blend with it. You go with it. You work with it. You don't oppose it. You don't fight it. Uh, I think that's a culture in our country, and I think that we're a very powerful country, and we've done a lot of beautiful things as a country because we have a conqueror's mindset in some respects, but I think there needs to be a blending of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only now that we are conquerors and a superpower and all that, how do we use that to blend and help others when we can? And you know, I uh, think you even drill that down a little bit to uh, – I think we drill down a little bit, and we are talking about – macro level stuff where uh, America's a superpower and we're helping out. Let's drill it down to micro to where you guys are superpowers. And you mentioned teaching kids and other stuff, something that I have, a you know, just a heartfelt burden for is even though I was a school teacher and I've left that, um, I still, I'm still in contact with some of my former students. And, and one of the things that, that um, I feel like, our culture, our country needs more than anything is we got a lot of kids growing up without positive role models, especially as men. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I think, I think, uh, we could talk whatever we wanted to about cancel culture and all that stuff and toxic masculinity and all that stuff. And I know where we all fall on that. So that's kind of a no need for that conversation, but let's rather than having that conversation, let's have the conversation about being able to make you're surrounding your community better by giving a little bit of yourself because you don't know. We go back to that question that kind of kicked all this off, the whole emotional roller coaster of, of I asked that question about not really, it wasn't really about the life it changed, but how it impacted you, mm-hmm. you know, because my guess is nine times out of 10, when that happens, we're not expecting that. 
Hmm. You know, and you get slapped in the face with like, wow. Okay. And, and it's funny how timing often works is I have found those times often happen when I need it most. When I'm like, I'm burned. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm telling you right now, you're, at, you're absolutely on point. I mean, I, we had a discussion here on burnout. I, at that moment of that email last week, I'm burnout. Burnout, rust I mean, out. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I mean, I enjoy what I'm doing, but at a lot of times, I don't enjoy what I'm doing. I'm just being frank. I mean, it's, well, I I've look, been doing it for 45, 50 years, you guys. I mean, it just, there's some times where it gets old, but at the same time, it's like when I get in the middle of it, I love every freaking second of it. I don't want to go do it again, but when I get in the middle of it, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. love it. Sitting last, So I walked away from the fire a little bit last night, was sitting down. When it was dinner time, before the fire, before the concert, the JB concert, Um Sitting at the booth, and I looked over, and Craig's sitting under the big tent, 100% by himself. And I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, if I can't do it, Craig can't do it. So I was like, Craig, you put yourself, I'm giving him, I'm throwing shade. He's like, you put yourself in timeout? And he was like, yes. And I was like, I get it. Well, when you're out of timeout, I'm going to introduce you to my wife. Um, but I totally got that. I, was, I, I did. I was I like, did. like and uh, uh, I think even um, hey, and I mean we can. I'm sorry if I'm sorry. I'm hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> you know, I can only speak from my personal experience. But my God did that all the time. He yeah. set himself apart all the time because he needed to recharge, and we need to do that. Yeah. Uh, even if you don't follow the same religion I do, every religion out there does that. Um, every culture society does that in some way, shape or form where we have to get away and recharge and get ready because if we're going to have, and I love this new word that I've been using when people tell me it's toxic, authentic masculinity is, is something I like to, if I'm going to be an authentic masculine person and be a leader that people want to follow and I can help people, I've got to recognize I need leaders that I can follow that can mentor me. And I also need that downtime so yeah. that I can recharge and, and get ready so I can help people because yeah. I need that. We all need that. I, I think, I, uh, we isolate ourselves. Well, we, we don't, we, this is a personal issue for me is that, um, I isolate myself, but I'm oftentimes wrapped in technology. Mm hmm. So I might be sitting on the couch at home wrapped in technology and engrossed in doing whatever whatever honestly trivial thing that needs to be done <laughs> and, I, and and but I that's not recharging that's mm. diminishing for me mm. and, and and the the Pavlovian response of notifications and emails and stuff and 24/7 availability is something that absolutely sucks the life out of me and uh and I'm awful at it. It is a Pavlovian response for me, and I am just conditioned to to respond. And I, I've got to build better boundaries. But you know, I think I, I think I was talking yesterday mm -hmm. where I know I'm heading in. I know next weekend I'm heading into a um, a session of of a bulk of instruction to where I won't have cell phone service. And so the first 24 hours leading into that, I'm anxious about what I'm going to be missing. Um, the first 24 hours I'm there without it, I'm anxious because I'm worried about what I'm missing. The next 24 hours, pure bliss, mm -hmm. pure bliss. Absolutely. The last 24 hours, 
I'm anxious about all the stuff I've missed and all the stuff I have piling up, you know, that, and then I come home and Monday, I'm just like burning down the keyboards and trying to get caught back up. Dustin, ladies and gentlemen, has entered the, has entered the room, <laughs> knocking stuff over. Um, yeah, I think um, I think if you're gonna really give your like the students the best you can, it's important to have that recharge, and you owe it to them to give it the best you can. So uh, it's not being selfish. I think it's uh, being a good leader, like you're you're talking about, is to take that time to make sure that you can do what you're capable of doing and, and do it to the best of your ability. We, uh, in July, I'll be I'll be married 25 years, and my wife will look at me sometimes. She's like, "You need a little time. I'm gonna go to my mom's." Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, lunch. Yeah. Okay, so parting shots here. That, uh, I don't even know how long we've been going on because we had to do a battery change in here. So, so going around the room, starting with uh, Craig, um, and ending with Craig. Um, <laughs> let's talk about gratitude. Any shout-outs that you guys want to give to those people that have lifted you up? Man, we don't have enough time, yeah, exactly. Shane. <laughs> yeah. we don't, I mean, in, in all legitimacy and seriousness, I did a podcast for my own podcast where I talked about that very subject for an hour and a half. Um, I heard a podcast from another instructor in our field who said, I'm not trying to be negative, but it's just a fact. It's out there. 99.9% of what he learned, he learned on his own. He didn't learn from anybody else, which we all know is a lie. And I thought, man, that's such a sad existence. That's really you know what I think sad. about that guy. I think he's got room to grow. Man, he's got room to grow. That's for real. <laughs> but I don't know who it is. But seriously, if you're the smartest person in the room or the only person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm-hmm. I I just kept talking. I you know I started putting a list together of the people that taught me, and I did an hour and a half podcast on it by myself. And that's all I did was talk about the people that taught me. But the big ones, obviously, is my dad. Um, he my dad and my mother my mother just let me play outside when i was a kid i was in a living in a time and place where i could go outside and play and she let me do that maybe she forced me to do that i don't know guys maybe she didn't want me in the house i don't know um but i've got to give credit to richard cleveland he sparked something in me that made me realize that the things that i've been doing most of my life that i could actually teach to other people uh, and then there's a long line of great tracking instructors, um, you know, Michael, Cornelius Nash. These are guys that were just phenomenally uh, guiding and directing me both as a tracker and as a professional tracking instructor. Just I can't thank those two guys enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, I could talk for a long time. What's, what's, your, what's your episode? Do you remember? I don't. I'm sorry, Shane. I don't remember what it is. It's Nature Reliance podcast. If you if you find the link and get it yeah, to me, I will. I'll I will. Drop, I will I'll do that, Shane. Yeah. I'll drop it in the Thank show you. notes. So I, okay. I try to do show notes on everything that's going to have links to all these guys' socials and, and contact lists. So if you get that in, I'll try to make sure I, I will do that. Craig's got, a, Craig's got a phenomenal podcast. I mean, you guys ought to be listening to that, too. So maybe we can shift some of our 14 listeners over to you. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can get my mom and dad to uh, go to another <laughs> podcast, but we'll see. JB? Um, yeah, kind of a... a kind of bouncing off what he said i mean i'm pretty sure all of us could name a, a long list of stuff but um early on some of the the people that really got me started like uh there's a guy in, in texas mark Suter, that he was the first person i ever learned anything from and that was only because 
another one of our friends, uh, Jesse Lawrence, who runs Texas Bushcraft, uh, just started an event. So um, those guys were a big foundation. And then uh, my really good friend and uh, mentor, uh, Jeff Courtney, um, in Ohio, he uh, he just I, I met him at an event camp next to him, and then before I knew it, uh, he just kind of brought me under his wing and exposed me to uh, a lot of stuff that I'd never seen before or done before. And he always answered the phone, and he always answered uh, text. And bless his heart, he tried to keep up with social media, but he just doesn't do it. Um, I'm and then je- I'm uh, jealous. <laughs> and then uh, anybody that's uh, you know, old youth pastor uh, that sat down and gave me uh, the time of day to teach me how to play guitar. That's the only reason why I even play guitar now is because uh, I was kind of forced to do it for church and seniors graduating. They needed someone to lead praise and worship. And uh, that's just come full circle for me because it, uh, it was always something I did for myself, something that was therapeutic for me. And then, just being encouraged to share it uh, with others and then also understanding that it's just a direct connection to this stuff. Because when we're, we're out in nature, to me, it's, it's artistic. There's beauty and art everywhere and, and music and art and, and nature is just so healing for, for us and uh, being able to sit around and share that with, with all of you and play music is, Something that uh, I've been working on doing better about. Man, I kept we appreciate it, it. Kept it to myself for a while, and uh, and then as a late, um, <clears throat> Philip was a a big uh, a big keystone to introduce me to David Holiday. If with, without Philip, I would have never gotten to meet that man, and uh, he really turned the uh, turned the tables for me because he's so artistic and he loves music, and I have a connection with him through music where Philip has a connection with him through the skills in the, in the land and what they're doing. But it, it's just a beautiful thing. He, uh, he just kind of set me down and said, I had a great time with you at this event, but from now on, you're not allowed to go anywhere without your guitar. You know, you have to do that. And, uh, that, that's a man that I haven't even known that long, but it feels like, you know, he's just a, a Mount Rushmore of a guy. That was him being intentional. Yeah, invested in me. He saw, I mean, he, and he told me that. Like, when I was your age, I didn't share my music as much as what I should have. And I don't want you to have those same. He shares regrets. it now, doesn't he? I, the first time I met him was last year, man. What a hoot, man. That <laughs> yeah, was, what a and hoot. He, he had a blast, you know. I, so um, I could go on and on, but, yeah. And probably the ultimate mount, top of the mountain guy is my grandpa. So he started it all. He he knew that the stuff that I was doing at home was not as important as going fishing and hunting and being in the woods with him. And he, he did a lot of stuff for me that uh, no other man's ever done still. And uh, doing this kind of thing and going out and if it's just walking around hiking or teaching and I just always feel like he's there. You man, know? that's cute. It's a way to connect to him again. Thank you. Yeah. So like Craig said, um, you know, we could go on this crazy deep dive and be here all day, but I'll try to keep it somewhat relevant to the the location because if not, I won't shut up. <laughs> so, uh, I guess today, today I'm grateful for, um, this awesome group of people that have 
come together and created this idea of, like you said, rising with the rising tide, you know, rather than pushing other people down so you don't drown, you know, you know, I love that, that idea of, um, we can all grow together and I think we can do it more efficiently and more effectively if we help each other out. It's, it just makes more sense to me. And it always has this idea of collaboration. So thank you, uh, all of you guys for yeah. being here. I'm grateful yeah. for yeah. everyone that's put this together and for allowing me, allowing me to be like some small part of that. Uh, I'm super grateful for that. So, um, yeah, the campfire co-op and I'm just so grateful that this idea of community, um, and companionship and collaboration is still alive because mm. I mean, that's a big part of what America was built on. Like we, you know, we all helped each other out and I'm, I'm glad it hasn't been forgotten. So well, that's we're my glad, We're glad you're here. Mm. Craig squared. Yeah, so, uh, like growing up, I mean, I, I, my, my papa, I'd spent many hours in the in the woods and fields and messing with cows and all that stuff with him. And then uh, my dad, of course, he was working a lot. But my dad, he, uh, me and him fished a lot. He loved to fish. He wasn't so much a hunter because growing up back in the day, he said that uh, they had they had to hunt to rely on food. And when he got to go, you know. A tree a squirrel up a tree and he'd go to the grocery store he'd rather go to the grocery store my dad said the same thing yeah so he, he said he, he never did a lot of hunting with me but uh, my older brother uh done a lot of hunting with him and stuff like that and getting out but uh you know family wise that's that's what got me in the woods and then like you say growing up in the 80s you know on saturday mornings you get done with cartoons you get kicked out of the house so um but far as like to get into where we're at now uh, you know i really give thanks to what Joe Robinette was doing on his YouTube channel and, and still is to, you know, put it out there to be an entertainment, to watch him and do what he does. You know, he'll tell you he ain't a professional by no means, but to watch him, he's entertaining to watch and, and, uh, and just a all around great guy from what I've talked to him and everything, um, you know, to get me the spark. That's what lit the spark to me to get where I am right now, but I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now without Jonathan. I mean, once I met Jonathan, um, that's he he got me out of my comfort zone. He's taught me classes, he's taught me skills, and that I truly owe him everything of why I'm sitting here right now. Is because of him. Well, that's awesome. I I can remember I had a teacher tell me one time I can take all the knowledge in my head. Like learning is a is a it's cooperative. It's collaborative. I put all the stuff on this table that's in my brain. Mm-hmm. What you pick up and take with you is is on you. So so you've done your part, and we've all mm-hmm. had people pour into us. And so, guys, I I know it's lunchtime. I am so grateful that y'all are here, and uh, and that we uh, had this opportunity to spend a little time together. And uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. We are you. signing yeah, off yeah, episode nineteen, Texas contingent. Uh, plus one Um, hope y'all enjoyed it do all the stuff you're supposed to do like follow subscribe all that good stuff and we're out good one boys yeah I hope I wasn't like getting too close to the mic and yelling too much (laughs) (laughs) no I was doing whatever whatever I had to do to uh, he's he's got me turned way down